Welcome to A Wealthy Life for Her with Teresa Leftenant, where we discover our personal definition of wealth through conversations with talented and successful women who are living their version of a wealthy and meaningful life. Teresa Leftenant is owner of Reinventing Her Money, a boutique financial planning and wealth management company located on Seattle's east side. Teresa is a licensed financial advisor and certified financial planner professional. Securities and advisory services are offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor. Member FINRA, SIPC. CFP and Certified Financial Planner, the Certified Financial Board of Standards Incorporated, owns these certification marks in the U.S., which it awards to individuals who successfully complete CFP Board's initial and ongoing certification requirements. The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for an individual. We suggest that you discuss your specific situation with a qualified professional. Our guests are not affiliated with or endorsed by LPL Financial, Teresa Leftenant, or Reinventing Your Money. Welcome to episode 33 of A Wealthy Life for Her with Teresa Leftenant, where we support women to create a wealthy life. Now, I've been a certified financial planner and wealth advisor for over 30 years, and I'm also the author of the book, Reinventing Her, helping women plan, pursue, and capitalize on their next chapter. Professional women hire me to gain the right knowledge and confidence so they can build the financial resources they need to reinvent themselves and truly experience a wealthy life. And true wealth is found when we're pursuing our passions, exploring our dreams, expressing our inner talents, and learning more of who we are. So join us every week to hear my expert guests as we explore seven aspects of living a wealthy life, including our finances, physical health and wellness, professional and career, mental and emotional wellness, recreation and fun, relationships, and contribution and legacy. And I'll share the inner power qualities that women can develop and the latest thoughts on wealth and financial fitness. Now today's episode is part of our professional and career series, and my guest, attorney Natalie Puglisi, will share how legal protections can help entrepreneurs grow their bottom line. But before I introduce Natalie, can I ask you a question? How are you doing? Are you feeling some COVID fatigue like I am? Well, if you're like me, I'm feeling kind of a combination of a little bit of boredom, some exhaustion, and a little bit of fear about the rising COVID cases around the country, not to mention the country's high stakes election. Well, during COVID times, as I like to call it, many women are suffering, both emotionally and financially. New data shows that women are being disproportionately impacted by the crisis. Between August and September, nearly 1.1 million workers ages 20 and over dropped out of the labor force, meaning they are no longer working or even looking for work. And of those numbers, 865,000 of those were women, which is four times higher than the 216,000 men who left the workforce. This is according to a National Women's Law Center analysis. In the Lean In and McKinsey & Company's annual Women in Workplace report, which was released last week, researchers found that for the first time in the six years that that report has been released, 
women are leaving the workforce at higher rates than men. And unfortunately, black women and Latinas saw double digit unemployment rates in September, standing at 11%, according to the NWLC. And that's compared to white men unemployment rate of 6.5% and white women unemployment rate of 6.9%. If you wanna learn more about the Women in the Workplace report, you can get it online, or you can visit my LinkedIn page where I posted a summary article about the report last week. I've also been reading a lot about this and I came across an article in Fast Company and it's entitled, The Pandemic is Deterring Women from Becoming Entrepreneurs. And their new survey of professional women and non-binary individuals who previously had stated they had high aspirations to start a company. And that report reveals that fully half of these people have delayed their entrepreneurial plans or scrapped them altogether. For women who want to start a business, their number one challenge is funding their dreams. Many women have to use full-time income to start first a side hustle, while other women have to do things like borrow money from their credit cards or their 401ks or from family and friends. Of course, this isn't the best way to start a business, but women know how to do it and they will find the way. But even before the pandemic, the fundraising landscape for women has been paltry and new business founders are in a catch-22 because they need that full-time income while they're finding the money to start their new dream venture. So I remind women that learning about funding sources and understanding lending contracts is one of the biggest challenges for new entrepreneurs. We know that the SBA, the Small Business Association, offers loans and grants. Banks and finance companies offer loans. And venture capitalists offer hot new startups capital to grow quickly. So what are the risks of receiving funding from these sources? Well, number one, you've got to understand the obligations and responsibilities of both the lender and the borrower. You also have to understand all the costs that might be in the form of fees or interest rates. And also understand if the terms can be renegotiated if circumstances change. And these are just a few of the critical needs, the legal questions that women business owners need to know about. Now, is there good news? Yes, because many women are starting new businesses during the COVID times, especially women who weren't actually planning to. Venture capital investors have continued to see women-funded companies among their deal flow, albeit a reduced number than before 2020, and I imagine that will improve next year. Examples of startup founders are women who don't have children at home and have started their business because they had more free time on their hands. Other women have started a company out of necessity, maybe after losing their full-time job. But the majority, according to the article on fastcompany.com, started a company because they found an opportunity and decided not to wait. New entrepreneurs often reach their dreams because they have courage, grit, and they're dedicated to overcoming whatever challenges they face. 
and they have a mindset that they're going to succeed no matter what. The Boston Consulting Group found that women-founded companies generate twice as much revenue for every dollar invested. And according to San Francisco-based First Round Capital, the women-founded companies in their portfolio were outperforming men by 63%. Well, one of my favorite sayings is, quote, a woman is like a tea bag. You don't know how strong she is until you put her into hot water. That's by Eleanor Roosevelt. So if your million dollar dream is to own a business, I encourage you to lead with your strengths and don't let the times we are in get in your way. Use your ingenuity, your creativity, get going one step at a time. There's so many more resources out there now than when I started my business 17 years ago. And if you're a woman that's struggling with unemployment or under underemployment, let this time fuel your desire for independence. Take a deep breath and you can listen to my previous four episodes and learn the seven steps to accelerate your pursuit of a million dollar financial goal. You know, I agree with Sheryl Sandberg when she said, quote, believe in yourself and own your success. Now, in an article in JustBusiness.com called The 50 Best Business Ideas for Women, there are many small businesses that women can open with little extra money needed. Here are some ideas that are catching fire during COVID times. Graphic design, editing and proofreading, copywriting, content creator, and of course, there's a need for tutors. And in animal care, dog walkers, animal photography, and pet grooming. Women are also becoming personal assistants, career counselors, home organizers, and online personal trainers. Business support services such as bookkeeping, accounting, remote customer service, and event planning are great small businesses to start. And in the tech field, women can be consultants in website design, app development, freelance coding, and data entry. Now, on entrepreneur.com, there are so many resources for new business owners. And there's a proven sequence of steps that women can follow to increase their chances for success when starting a small business, especially an online business. I've seen thousands of women start and grow successful businesses, and they followed the following seven steps. You might want to grab your pencil, ladies, because these are great steps. First, number one, find a need and fill it. Ask people what they need and listen to what they say. Many times new entrepreneurs think they have a great idea, but they don't really listen to the people that they want to sell their idea to. Number two, remember you need to communicate with copy that actually works, copy that sells. And so acknowledge, if you're not a good writer, work with someone who is. Number three, you need to design and build an easy to use website. And remember that it's okay to just have a starter website, even just one page, because as you grow in your business and learn more about what you're really good at and who you're really good at serving, you can also expand your website. I've had many different versions of my website over 17 years. And number four, 
Use search engines to drive traffic to your site. You need to learn how to have a great Google business profile, and then you can move on to social media. Number five, establish an expert reputation for yourself. Remember that everything you do and everything you say reflects on your business reputation. So be aware and think before you act. Number six, follow up with your customers and subscribers through email or personal phone calls. Always follow up and do what you said you were going to do. And number seven, increase your income over time by expanding your products and services through the years. You know, my biggest business lesson was to learn and follow the basics. I had to learn that I couldn't build a better business mousetrap. There's others that have gone before you, so learn from people who've already achieved success. Invest time and money working on your business in addition to working in your business. Helping female entrepreneurs put their financial house in order is one of my passions, so I invite you to reach out to me at reinventinghermoney.com to schedule a time to just ask me some questions. I'm a 17-year successful business owner, and I love to help you. When women start a business, they need to learn how to protect their dream by having the proper legal documentation in place. It can seem overwhelming, expensive, and super intimidating, I know. But entrepreneurs often put legal on the back burner because they don't really understand the need for it. And that's why I've brought in an attorney for the show today. So she can educate us about having a legally protected business. So let's introduce Natalie Puglisi. She's a small business attorney and legal resource for online entrepreneurs. A decade ago, she opened her own firm because she was scared and overwhelmed with all she needed to know to start her own entrepreneurial journey. But she dug deep and did the research to find out what would not only keep her legally compliant, but also legally protected. And with the boom of online entrepreneurship, she found herself consulting more and more with friends on what they legally needed for their businesses. She noticed that when they had the right legal documents in place, they emerged more confident and they truly stepped into the CEO version of themselves. And then it dawned on her, there is truly a desire from female entrepreneurs to figure out what they legally need in their businesses. Natalie considers the life force behind her business to be empowerment. She believes helping other female entrepreneurs legally protect themselves will empower them to share more freely, post more freely, create more freely, and change the world more freely. This butterfly effect is exactly what lights her up. I love that, Natalie. So Natalie wants to let you know that legally protecting your business is easier and cheaper than you think, and that when you have a strong legal base, you do emerge more confident to share your gifts with the world. I'm so happy to have you with us. Welcome to the show, Natalie. Thank you so much. What a wonderful introduction and what a wonderful setup for all the female entrepreneurs out there and how they're really moving in this space with COVID-19. You brought a lot of statistics that I didn't even know about. So thank you so much for that. 
Well, you're welcome. I know that you and I share our passion for empowering entrepreneurs because we, we've been there, done that. We've learned a lot of the lessons that uh, new business owners need to learn. Uh, and so I want you to start by sharing with us a little about your career. Now, I know from our uh, conversations that you started as a bankruptcy attorney. So tell us about what that was like. Yeah. So it's obviously really different than what I'm doing now. And I get a lot of questions about starting my career as a bankruptcy attorney, because I think a lot of people really saw it as this, you know, depressing area of law. I mean, I got a lot of questions of, you know, wasn't it just so depressing to work with them? And, you know, what, you know, it's kind of like a down period in people's lives. But for me, it was actually a really wonderful experience with my clients. I really got a lot of cards and letters and emails and flowers Mm -hmm. from clients just really thanking me and allowing them to move forward in their lives. They could sleep better. They could focus on family. It was a a tool that provided them, a legal tool that provided them an opportunity to really start their life over. And for me, seeing that change in my clients and seeing them really step into a different version, a different life, a, a second chance for them was really empowering for me. And I absolutely loved working in that area of law. I loved helping my clients. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot different than what I'm doing now in the sense that I'm out of court a little bit more, but I really, really loved seeing that transition for my clients in bankruptcy. So um, Natalie, help us understand how you did transition from being a bankruptcy attorney to more of a business attorney. (laughs) Absolutely. So. I have to first and foremost say that I never wanted to be an entrepreneur. My father was an entrepreneur. My mother was a nine to fiver. There was something so romantic about the way my mom got ready in the morning, you know, did her hair, got dressed, put on her lipstick that I looked at her and I was like, I'm going to be a nine to fiver. So I worked for this really small local law firm. There was two associates and two partners and I was in heaven. I mean, I was kind of, I was working for somebody else. I, I had a, you know, nine to five. And the partners came to me and the other associate one day and they said, hey, we're, we're preparing for retirement and you guys have to find new employment. And I was floored. I was shocked. It was my first job out of law school. They actually hired me when I was a law clerk and I was still attending law school. So it felt like a really big loss to me. And it really felt like like a divorce. I mean, I, I considered mm-hmm. them to be family and it was um, just a really unique experience. And So I ended up starting my own law firm kind of out of necessity. And Mm. during the whole entire time that I was um, building up my own law firm, I was still actually applying to other um, positions. And again, I never wanted to be an entrepreneur. I, at the time, you know, didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do, but I knew that I needed to make some income. So I just kind of went out there and started and I, I got one application back. I got one interview back for this town in, in California, that is a very small town and, and it's, no one wants to live there. It's it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. And I kind of took it as a sign that I need to continue on this entrepreneurial journey, but I really had no idea what I was doing. And I, I spent a lot of time going back to the law library and I spent a lot of time, you know, figuring out what I needed to put to get my legal base set up in my own business. And I spoke to other attorneys and I researched and I studied and I drafted my own documents and I finally figured it all out. And and I really felt empowered on my own, just being able to create that legal base. What most people don't understand is 
when you go to law school, they don't teach you every single area of law. They teach you, mm. you know, theory and nuances and some practical application. But for example, I never knew bankruptcy law. They didn't teach that in law school. So I learned from practical application. I learned from doing it and rolling my sleeves up. And same thing with business law. They teach you kind of the general concepts, but they don't teach you practical application. So having to learn that all on my own was a very empowering experience for myself. Well, about two weeks into me creating my own firm, I met my husband, who is a serial entrepreneur. And when I say serial entrepreneur, he starts businesses all the time. He has three currently. He just, it's its his passion. He loves it. And it was very opportune for me because he really mentored me and allowed me, you know, some space for growth from the, from an entrepreneurial perspective. So it couldn't have been better timing. And we really noticed that a lot of family and friends as they were starting their own businesses, they were coming to us for advice. So they would, you know, quote, pick our brain, take us to coffee kind of thing. And they would ask my husband all of the entrepreneurial growth questions. And they would ask me all the legal questions. And it really dawned on me that if I had a hard time figuring out the legal base for my business and I'm an attorney, then it's certainly difficult for other female entrepreneurs out there to figure out the legal base in their business. And I shifted and pivoted my business. And I found a new way to empower my clients, similar to what I was doing in bankruptcy law. I got that satisfaction of really helping them grow and change their lives. And I really found the same when I was helping entrepreneurs figure out their legal base. I, I saw them flourish. I saw their businesses take off. And I just kind of became addicted to that in, in helping and lending a hand. So I just completely pivoted and shifted my business altogether. I just love this story. It, there's so many lessons in your story. Uh, first off, you saw a need and you filled it. You went with what was naturally happening and you learned, uh, you just kept learning what you needed to learn to succeed. So we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, I'm going to ask Natalie to help us understand how to overcome the intimidation factor of becoming legally compliant. So come right back to A Wealthy Life for Her. To fulfill the distinctive needs of women, Teresa Lieutenant created an extraordinary pricing model designed to let you decide what's affordable. You can pay as you go for just the service you need right now or receive a reduced price when you bundle services together. Find out how you can get started by visiting reinventinghermoney.com and select Work with Teresa. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. Bringing good vibes to the Puget Sound and the world. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to A Wealthy Life for Her with Teresa Leftenant and my guest, Nancy Puglisi. She's an attorney and an expert in online business legal compliance. And, you know, we are making this conversation a lot more interesting and less intimidating for folks. So tell tell me, Natalie, did I say Nancy? I meant Natalie, sorry. So Natalie, why is the idea of legal so intimidating for entrepreneurs? Well, 
I can really understand why it is because for me, it was really intimidating when I was starting my own legal base. So I, I think a large part of the intimidation comes from the wealth of legal, right? There's so many things to know. There's so many nuances, your LLC, your intellectual property protection, your contracts, and that's just kind of scratching the surface. And then you don't know what you don't know. And I think that's really what the scary thing is when it comes to legal. I think people presume that there's this like big bubble, this big cloud. And if they pop it, there's going to be all these things that pop out when it comes to legal. But you can really figure everything out in kind of bite-sized chunks and get your business legally legit and legally sound just kind of bit by bit and chunk by chunk. And it seems so overwhelming because there really is so much and so many little nuances of your business to protect. Right. And so, you know, I think illegal sounds scary because the law is so uh, big, right? And there's no way we can understand all of the law. Like you were saying, they don't even teach you everything as an as an attorney. So give us a broad definition of why you why an entrepreneur wants to have legal agreements in place. Why is that so important for business owners? Well, there's so many different answers to that question, <laughs> mm-hmm. but primarily to protect our content is a really, really big one for people. You know, we put a lot of hours and late nights. And if you're a mother, you make sacrifices with your family, you make financial sacrifices and you're creating something that is essentially your baby, right? It's something that you're creating from scratch, something you're putting a lot of heart and soul into. And you want to be able to protect that. You want to be able to protect your content. You want to be able to be unique in your fields and you want to be able to prevent what's called brand dilution, right? You want to be able to show that you are an expert in your field and show that people should go with you because you hold a certain brand, you hold certain protections. And then there's also obviously the scary legal things, right? Getting sued, having to mm-hmm. refund a client. These are all things that can be avoided if you have the right legal protections in place. Right. And I know, um, you know, even when I started my business, there was a lot of uh, thoughts about, well, I'll just get somebody else's agreement and put my name on it. Is that a good thing to do? (laughs) I hear that all the time. I I get that all the time from my clients. And and I understand. I, you know, when I was DIYing my business, I built my own website. You know, you want to really cut costs where you can because you want to see if this business has some legs. But absolutely not. No one should ever go and copy and paste someone else's legal documents. And I'll give you a little reason why. Well, the the example that I give all the time that people really resonate with is blog posts, right? Like you wouldn't go to someone's blog and copy their blog post and paste it and put it up on your blog. We all know that that's wrong. Right. Well, in the same sense, doing that with your legal documents is a violation of copyright protection. So it's really illegal to do that. And the reason is that the intellectual property protection belongs to the attorney that drafted the document, not the person that purchased it. So Mm. if you want to, quote, borrow or copy and paste someone's legal documents, you actually need to get permission from the attorney that drafted those documents because they hold the intellectual property protection. So much like if you are using a stock photo on a site, you are granted a license. So if you purchase a legal document, you are granted granted a license to use it, not a grant granted a license to sell it or 
give that document to your friend. And I always caution people about this. It's a really, really common question. I'm glad you asked it. Definitely do not copy and paste. Let's not get in legal trouble, you know, out the gate when it comes to protecting our businesses. Boy, I am so glad I did ask the question because that little piece of um, real understanding, I think, is incredibly helpful for anybody who has a business, but anybody who's thinking about starting business. And so let's start, uh, let's talk about that beginning entrepreneur, that founder. What are some of the legal protections that a new entrepreneur should have in place? Well, I always talk about an LLC. So I mm-hmm. always recommend that people become an LLC. And the number one I cu- question I get with LLCs is when is the right time to become an LLC in my business? And I have a legal answer and I have a not so legal answer. So my legal answer is always right away, right? Because yeah. when you become an LLC, you create a sheltered protection around your personal assets. So your money comes into your business, then you funnel your payment out of the business. And so if you were to enter into a dispute with a client or customer, they can only go after what's in the business bank account, those business assets. They can't come after the money that you've paid yourself because that is a personal asset. So I always tell people to become an LLC for that, for the sheltered protection. But I also like to tell people that if you're creating a business that you absolutely love, then it's time to become an LLC. And that's really true for your legal in general, right? If it's something that you love and if it's something you're passionate about, you don't want anything to happen to it, then it's time to get your legal in order in general. So the first thing I always tell people is to become an LLC. I think it's really, really important. And it could be a lot less expensive than you think it might be, depending on what state you live in. I also really caution, um, you know, starting out entrepreneurs about naming their business or naming their products, their courses. You want to make sure that you are naming something in your business or just your business name in general that isn't violating someone else's trademark. So this is really, really important because if you're infringing on someone else's trademark, you could be sued for damages. So right out the gate, you could be losing money in your business before you even start. So what I tell people to do is do a trademark search. And there are two ways that I recommend doing this. Number one, doing a general Google search. See if the name that you want to use is out there and being used currently. If it is, shy away from it. Find a different name. I promise you are creative enough to come up with something else. And I would also uh, have people go to the uh, United States Patent and Trademark Office. That's USPTO.gov and do a trademark, it's called a TESS basic word search. Now you're gonna go into the trademark database and you are going to search for the name that you wanna use. Again, business name, course name, program name, product, whatever it is. Now, this is a good start. A better start is to have an attorney do a trademark search for you. Trademark law is very nuanced and very complicated and an attorney will really do a thorough trademark search so that you know for certain that you aren't infringing on anyone else's trademark. So these are really kind of the things that I tell people to do. Then there are some documents that you should have in place, whether you have a website or you're working with clients or you're selling products online. So LLC, make sure you're doing those trademark searches so that you're not infringing on someone else's trademark and then get your contracts in place. So what would it mean if you just did what, you know, a lot of people do, a Google search? Oh, I don't see anybody else has that uh, website, so I can name my course that. 
uh, what what does it mean to get sued for for using a name that someone else is using? Yeah, well, so it's really important, and I'm and I again, I'm really glad that you asked that because I think what a lot of people do is they you're right, they do a Google search, it doesn't pop up, and they think, okay, great, I'm just going to use it. Or even worse, they search the trademark office, they search the database, it doesn't pop up there, and they think they're in the clear. But right. just because a name doesn't pop up either in Google or in the your trademark search doesn't mean that you're not going to be infringing on someone else's trademark. So if you'll bear with me just for one second through my very embarrassing and not creative at all example, I always give this example. Again, I'm left-brained. I apologize. I'm not a right-brained creative. But <laughs> if I wanted to start an athletic wear company and I wanted to name it Pikey, the first thing that you're going to think of is Nike, right? It's going to be infringing on Nike's trademark mm. and it's not spelled the same. So a lot of misconception is people go in, they do a Google search, they do a trademark search and they search exactly what they in intend their business name to be. But you could still be infringing on someone else's trademark if you have something that sounds similar, is spelled slightly different, is similar in meaning, similar in sound and Again, trademark law is very, very nuanced. So make sure that you're doing your searches. Best practice is to have an attorney do those trademark searches for you. Yes, and it can be expensive, right? If you have to try to defend uh, uh, some, some name that you're using, uh, especially the name of your business, uh, and, and then you could have to retrace all of your steps and start over. So I think having that trademark search is so valuable and helpful. Yeah, okay, so. I, I have had a client who was in business for about three years and she did not do just even a general Google search and came to me. She said she wanted to trademark her business name. Well, it turned out the name was already trademarked and mm -hmm. she had to undo everything that she did in the last three years, marketing, website, mm -hmm. uh, uh, sales pages, emails, taglines, social media, everything. She had to undo all of it so that she made sure that she wasn't going to get sued for trademark infringement. Just exactly my point. Uh, so what legal protections, other legal protections, can help an entrepreneur save money in the long run? Because, I mean, when you're new and you're, you know, on a skinny budget, you want to save money. And so sometimes skimping on legal is what people do. But in the long run, it could be more costly. So what other protections do we need to have in place? Yeah, absolutely. So number one, do your trademark searches. Um, they can be very inexpensive, you know, uh, with regard to the opposite of having to defend yourself in a trademark search or excuse me, in a trademark suit or even worse, having to pay damages out and not even getting into the lawsuit. So I've mm -hmm. seen a cease and desist letter that demanded an initial payment of $5,000, that is kind of on the low end. Mm -hmm. So do those trademark searches and an attorney will charge you, I charge 350 for a trademark search. I've seen them as high as 550. So, I mean, compared to 5,000, you know, I think that's a pretty good uh, cost effective thing to do in your business. Right. Um, also having, you know, making sure that you have the timing correct when it comes to having your clients sign those contracts. Mm. A lot of times we get really excited when we get a client, right? Like you're a life coach, you get your first client, you're super, super, super pumped. You send them the payment link 
and then you send them the contract. Well, mm. you're actually doing that in reverse. And I, I've had a, a client of mine recently who made that mistake. And she called me and said, you know, I entered into this agreement and I've, I've gone through a couple sessions with a girl and she still hasn't signed the contract. And now she's essentially ghosted me. And I don't know how to, you know, she ha isn't responding to my emails. She's not responding to my messages. What am I going to do? But quite frankly, she didn't sign that contract. So there's not a lot of legal backing that this client had. I always tell my clients, and obviously sometimes they don't always hear me. <laughs> mm -hmm. I always tell them to have the contract signed first and then have them make the payment. Because once you receive someone's payment, there's already been a bargain for exchange. So there's already been a sales page that they've seen. You've already had a conversation. There's emails. And when you receive their payment, then there's been that bargain for exchange. It's completed the transaction. They're not really obligated to sign a contract after that. You've already solidified the verbal, maybe email contract that you guys have already created. So it's really important to avoid that trap, to get them to sign the contract first and then have them commit from a financial perspective. Well, what you're teaching us is that there are there are steps to take that raise, you know, the business to being really legitimate, which is, of course, going to attract more uh, attention, attract more clients, give you more standing in your community and so on. But there's also another reason why getting the legal part of our, of a business in order and that that's to help our emotional well-being, right? Oh, absolutely. So a large part of the time, like I said, when I started my bankruptcy career, I, I saw a lot of clients that just felt so relieved, right? If you can imagine waking up and, and not having debt one day, I mean, that would be such a, a such an emotional relief for all of us. But I really saw the same transformation in my online business clients as well. Really getting your legal in order is incredibly stressful, or at least it's perceived to be incredibly stressful. And I totally understand, look, I avoid doing my taxes. I am not a tax person. I understand because I don't really wanna deal with that part of my business either. But it's kind of like what you have on your to-do list, right? It's like that one thing that's kind of lingering out there and you just don't wanna to get to it and you don't wanna to get to it. But when you finally do it and check it off your list, it actually was way easier than you thought and you feel way more relief having done it. So getting your legal in order really brings you a lot less stress and it really allows you a lot more room in your business to focus on your clients, to focus on your products, to focus on your offerings and really feel like you're legally and financially backed. Absolutely. And, you know, what I talk to everybody that I work with about is increasing uh, uh, women lack confidence when it comes to business and finances. And so mm -hmm. how you increase your confidence is to take the steps that make you into a legitimate business, having legitimate finances behind you and so on. So ra this raises your confidence, which allows you to take more risk in your business, which gives you the possibility of making more money and uh, reaching a bigger and broader audience. So we're going to take another break right now. But when we come back, I'm going to be asking Natalie to share more about her experiences specifically with her um, working with online entrepreneurs. We'll see you right back to A Wealthy Life for Her.
In today's uncertain circumstances, talented women are challenged with common financial problems. You may be wondering, should I continue to contribute to my 401k plan? Should I sell my home? Should I stop paying down debt? There are no shortage of financial experts competing for your attention in the media. But what you read in an article may not be the best advice for your unique circumstances. Don't make costly mistakes by reaching for a quick answer to your questions. Visit ReinventingHerMoney.com where listening and answering your financial questions is what we do. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRASIPC. No other station delivers this much variety. Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back. It's Teresa Lieutenant and A Wealthy Life for Her. I'm talking to Natalie Puglisi. She's an attorney and she helps online businesses get their legal uh, portion in, in business uh, in order. And so, uh, Natalie, what are some of the experiences that you have with online entrepreneurs? And, you know, you're having these, you're working with different kinds of businesses. Tell us some of those stories. Yeah, I have really been blessed with having this amazing client base that is so incredibly unique and very, very specific and niche. And I really didn't even imagine this when I started my online business. And I really have called in the most amazing clients. And I really catered to very, very specific. I mean, I catered to basically all online entrepreneurs, but I have called in these really amazing, unique niches. So I have worked with creatives online. I've worked with a field that's called intuitive. So this would be people that do readings, people that do astrological readings, people that do past life regression, um, which is really an interesting field for me. So I, I, I really love that I get to work with those types of clients. I get to work with fitness professionals. I get to work with online makeup artists and permanent makeup artists, which is so unique. And I just, I love working with these types of people because they're so passionate about what they do because they're so niched and they're so particular. And so for me, I really take a lot of pride in not only working with my clients, but identifying with them on a personal level. Mm -hmm. I, like I said, I love that I've called in these like intuitive, you know, spiritual entrepreneurs, because I find myself in a very spiritual time in my life as well. And mm -hmm. as I grow in my spirituality and my journey, I tend to call in more of those clients. And it's funny because I call myself the most woo-woo attorney that you'll ever meet. And <laughs> I get a lot of clients who, you know, I'll do a consultation with them and they say, you know, they're very meek about it. Well, I do astrological readings and, and I don't know about this. And I'm like, girl, I got you. I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. I can totally help you get your disclaimers in order. And it's really important that you work with an attorney that understands those intricacies of your business. Because if you work with another attorney that has no idea what an astrological reading is, they don't know how to create disclaimers in your business to really protect yourself. Right. So I, I, I've, I've been really blessed to work with so many different types of online entrepreneurs, business coaches. I mean, the list goes on. I won't bore you with the details, but really being able to identify and see myself in them really helps me to be a better attorney. And I think that really helps me to be unique in my own field. 
Well, again, what I love about what you just said is that, you know, you are a great match for those people. First off, you're in a spiritual, uh, you know, your mind has spiritual leanings, and so they can really feed you with their, uh, with what they love, and then vice versa, you can keep them safe because you have the expertise in uh, more of the hardline thinking of business ownership. So that's, that's really great. Hey, tell us a story about how a client saved their business after they had some legal protections. Oh, wow. Well, I got a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, first and foremost, um, you know, like I mentioned, my client who didn't do a general Google search, didn't do a trademark search in her business, really had to start from the ground up. And I know that, you know, saving her business in the sense that we really worked her business from the ground up and she eventually created her own unique name, which we trademarked and now it's protected and she doesn't have to worry. She can move forward in that sense. I also have recently worked with a seven-figure, very popular online coach right now. She's an online business coach, and she has a no-refund policy on her personal one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions. Mm. Well, the problem was she didn't understand the legalities around having a no-refund policy, and she didn't have the right legal protections in place. Now, as you can mm. imagine, being a seven-figure online coach, those private one-on-one -on -one sessions are not cheap. I mean, they are investment in your business. Right. So when she didn't have the right legal protections in place, she ended up having to refund a client, which was a huge chunk of her monthly income. Right. And we got everything in order for her. We got all the right protections in place. She's never going to have to make that mistake again. But I always tell my clients, you can either be proactive or you can be reactive when it comes to legal in your business. And right. obviously, I encourage being proactive, get things done, get them done early. The mistake that the seven figure coach made was a very, very minor mistake. And it ended up costing her tens of thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. So making sure that your clients are proactive should be the number one thing that you're looking for when you're looking for an online business attorney. So that bears repeating being proactive and investing in legal upfront because it can save you money that you don't even know could come at you, uh, losses that could come at you like your example. So I love that you offer these templates uh, that are, it's like bundles of products based on the type of business and uh, where they are in their growth. Can you just give us an overview of some of your legal template products? Sure. So, I offer these bundles and they're very easy. I call them done for you legal templates. And I, I had a client one time and she said, are you sure that they're easy? Because I've heard people tell me things were easy and they were not easy. And I said, rest assured, they will be easy. It turned out that she was completely fine. But they are templated and they are easy to implement in your business. They'll take about 10 minutes or less to fill out. And they protect all things from website compliance. So there are certain things that you must have on your website. They're legally required to be on every single website, your privacy policy, your terms and conditions, your disclaimer, not always, but you may need a disclaimer on your site as well. And I also have contracts for coaches. So client agreements, I have what's called a terms of use, which mm. is what you're going to use if you have a group coaching program, a mastermind, anytime in Evergreen course, anytime you're selling a digital product to a large audience. Mm -hmm. Also, I have product bundles. So if you have a products-based business, 
all of the legal documents that you need for that, a terms of service, which is that little box that you check whenever you purchase anything online, right? We're all stuck at home right now, buying from Amazon like crazy. We all know that little box that you have to check if you want to get your, you know, throw pillow or whatever it is that everyone's buying online. And I have protections for that as well. And they are for online coaches. They are for people in the event space, intuitives, online fitness instructors, really the, they run the gamut. And the best way is to purchase a bundle rather than buying the templates a la carte, you really, really save and they are incredibly cost-effective. I do offer payment plans. So you can really get your legal base set up today in less than 10 minutes and in an incredibly affordable way. Well, I, uh, you know, what I was uh, thinking as you were talking, boy, I really don't know what I don't know <laughs> about, you know, this whole whole area that we're talking about. And the fact that you are so committed to helping small businesses that are working online and you're making this uh, opportunity, these opportunities to become legal, so affordable and uh, able to get done quickly with your help. And, you know, uh, we had a little bit of technical difficulty, so we don't have as much time as I was hoping. But I did want to give you um, one last opportunity to talk about, you know, what is the one thing that you want our listeners to really gain from our conversation today? I really just want people to understand that legal doesn't have to be scary, that you can work with an attorney that really understands your unique business and can get protections in place at a very, very, very affordable rate. So when we're all marching into 2021, it's just right around the corner now. This is the time to seize the day, seize the legal, get it in place, and don't waste any time. I promise you it's easier and cheaper than you think. Absolutely. Uh, and I also wanted to mention that as um, a business grows, after you help them get started and get established and have everything in place to make sure that they're protected and they can focus on what they really are good at, then you also have this really great ongoing Legal Babe Society, which I encourage uh, listeners to go on your website, which is nataliepuglisi.com. And uh, really, everything is really well laid out on your site. Uh, you can learn a lot just by, just by going through it in about five minutes. So, Natalie, I'm so grateful you joined us for this conversation, and I hope I can have you back again where we can go into this topic a little bit deeper. So thank you. Thank you. This was really wonderful. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you, Natalie, so much for being with us today. I'm so grateful that you were able to share this valuable information with our listeners today. So next week, I'll be spending some time with my family. So we'll have an encore of our interview with Sonia Price, owner of Dynamore Careers. You can have your own career coach telling you just what moves to make to land the job of your dreams. So thank you for listening and being a part of our Wealthy Life for Her mission. I know there's many shows and podcasts to choose from, and I'm so grateful when you choose ours. So if you enjoyed yourself or learned something, just share the show with one or more of your friends and family. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. I want to thank Alexis, Lieutenant Gregory, who composed our theme music, Eric, my producer, the support staff at Financial Advocates, and everyone at KKNW 1150 AM. 
You can connect with me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube under Teresa, T-R-E-S-A, Lieutenant. And sign up for our free training, Seven Financial Tips to Survive COVID-19, at www.reinventinghermoney.com. Remember, ladies, financial independence is your birthright. And with the right education and empowerment and the right financial advice, you can overcome any financial challenge and create a wealthy life on your terms. See you next week. Reinventing Her Money was born in 2003 with the vision of expanding services beyond traditional wealth management to include financial literacy, money mindset, and empowerment coaching for professional women who have unique challenges to becoming financially independent. Start your journey towards pursuing a financial life on your own terms at ReinventingHerMoney.com. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor. Member FINRA, SIP. PC. Teresa is founder of Reinventing Her Money and author of Reinventing Her, helping women plan, pursue, and capitalize on their next chapter. Available on Amazon. She is a certified financial planner and wealth advisor for professional women who aspire to a wealthy and financially independent life. Learn more at ReinventingHerMoney.com.